0: matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are here with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, and get us connected and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we've made that connection. So, our show today is co produced with our partners, the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, and that's RISE. Wonderful group. We're just so joyful that we are in partnership. And my co host is Zainab Abdi, she is the Civic Engagement Coordinator at RISE. Welcome, Zainab. I'm so glad you're here today.
1: Thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here and join you all, and also joining our amazing special guest, uh, Anisa Haji, who is the founder of Leonora Skincare. And I would love to bring Anisa Haji in the conversation. Can you please talk about your business and yourself and introduce, introduce yourself to the audience? Thank you, Laurie and Zainab, for having me today.
2: Um, I am the co founder of Leonora Company. Um, I started the company with my husband four years ago, and we have organic skincare like healing clay masks, um, charcoal, knee masks, aloe vera mask, and we also have essential oil for beautiful, soft, healthy, glowing skin. Um, we also have hair oils for both girls and boys. We sell hijabs and dresses. Our business is leonora.com. Um, yes, and... I'm excited to be here to talk about women empowerment. I feel like my husband has empowered me, and um, I also work full-time as a program manager for a nonprofit organization, Avivo, and I'm a mother of four.
0: Wonderful. Uh, now, I have to admit, um, Anisa brought in some of her products, mm-hmm. and uh, Zainab and I have been playing with them. <laughs> we are loving it. Yes, they are amazing. Um, it, it soaks into your skin. Um, she has this amazing – it's called the Leonura. It's for hair, nails, and skin, and it's an essential oil with grapeseed oil. Oh, my gosh. It is amazing. Um, We're all glowing in Mm -hmm. here. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. And and Leonora, doesn't that mean glowing?
2: Yes. So it means the name Leo is a Swahili name for today as Uh in Leo. Uh And then Nora means like a light in Somali or even Swahili. So glow today.
0: Well, in our little studio here, we're all glowing. (laughs) (laughs) glowing. And we thank Anissa. For our our glowing opportunity. And I'm also excited to talk about women empowerment. Uh, I understand Rise is doing an economic empowerment series, how to start a business for uh, Muslim women. And it's going to be a Zoom online on on June, June 23rd uh, from 6 to 7.30.
1: Exactly, and we have been doing all those economic series to empower Muslim women. And every month we have different focus. And this month we're gonna have the focus of how to start a business because especially there is that uh, obstacles of like how to do that, and a lot of Muslim women don't see themselves uh, about like in the business field. So having Muslim business owners like Anisa being our guest and talking about her experience and how to start it started. That would be really amazing, and we'd love to have you
0: all there. Wonderful. And Anissa, you're going to be speaking at this one.
1: Yes, I'll be speaking
2: about how to start a business, ways to go through what they need to do. Um,
1: Yes.
0: And for more information, should they go to the website revivingsisterhood.org?
1: Exactly. You're going to find the event there, and you need to register for it.
0: Well, you bring up something that's really important, and that's looking at barriers that Muslim women may face when they're looking at um, building wealth, you know, being a businesswoman. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I myself as a Muslim woman and black as well, we have been seeing all those barriers in the United States within our own communities and most of them is the unknown barrier and like the, the, the lack of education that we don't know how to build credit cards, how to have like home ownership, the knowledge of investment, which is right now we see investment has been going up but still there is lack of education within our communities about uh, investment, credit cards, and business ownership. And we see uh, mo- uh, women are less likely to get into the places to build their wealth, and Muslim women and BIPOC women face additional barriers because of their religion race. And also, like women- as Muslim women, we are more identified as Muslims, than men, So we have to tackle on that barriers of when we are in the business world, when we promote our business and all this thing and building wealth and designing in a place where it has been dominated by white
0: men. So it's a combination of knowledge, you know, just not knowing about, you know, what does it take to build wealth? But also I think it, it sounds like what, what you're saying, it's also kind of courage uh, because you don't know to, to move forward and – If you don't see a lot of women like you in that field, it's hard to know, you know, do you belong? Do you feel like you belong?
1: Exactly. And uh, Muslim women have been also seeing one narrative in the media. When we talk about successful business, it has been always white men in the media, Mm -hmm. in social media, in the TV and all those magazines. And that's why we need to shift the narrative. And Anissa is one of the amazing examples of like, how that narrative has been changed, and I would love to know about, from Anissa, what do women and Muslim women, BIPOC women, bring to the table in the term of economic empowerment?
2: So many, so many Muslim women um, here in Minnesota actually have their own businesses, whether it's nonprofits, store owners. If you go to the Somali Mall in Minneapolis, you see 90% of those stores are owned by mothers, young, you know, young girls that are still going to school, the makeup stores, um, hair stores. there's so many stores and there's daycare businesses so it's amazing that they're doing that but also they're raising the next generations of the Muslim world so this is why it's important for Muslim women, so one thing they bring to the table is diversity mm-hmm. because they're diverse and, and like they're from different backgrounds, yes we wear the hijab but it doesn't mean we are less of a person or we're not capable of doing anything um, another thing they bring to the table is um, you know, the fact that you, um, they they empower those young women, you know, to see them as an example. So now I have a daughter and I want my daughter to believe that she can be anything she wants. Even she can become the president of this country because she's born here. I wasn't born. I came here as a um, on a fiancé visa through my husband. But at the same time, I got this opportunity to work full time to also have my business and run it it 's an amazing thing you know you' don't, you're not able to do that in a lot of the world and one, one thing I love about this country is giving everybody the opportunity to become someone.
0: Well it sounds wonderful that you're mentoring your daughter and that that 's important to you and and i I agree I, I, I am thrilled that your daughter would have aspirations to become president and and it is a wonderful country that embraces immigration we 're based on an idea that everyone is equal. Yes. And that is a powerful, powerful theme. And when I see strong women who are good in business and, and building their wealth, it, it makes me very proud mm-hmm. uh, to be part of, of supporting that. Uh, but getting back to who helped mentor you so that you felt – uh, or was that just something that was always within so, you that you wanted to be in business?
2: Um I studied business but I never thought I'll open my own business. I uh-huh. do have a, a degree in business administration and a master's in international business. I thought I would probably work for a bank or sure. some or other a corporation. Yeah. Yes, corporation in corporate America, but um, I work with the county as a human service. Um, I worked as a social worker, and I dealt with people. and I've seen a lot of young people that come to this country, not knowing one word of English, and then two, three years they end up opening their own business, and they're so successful, and they don't need public assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband. So that inspired I, you? No, my husband inspired <laughs> me. He's uh-huh. always pushed me. Um, he knows that I'm great with people. Mm-hmm. I am easily, you know, like conversing when it comes to communicating with people. Everywhere I go, I make friends easily. So I, I kind of look like a salesperson, and I can sell something to people. I'll just give you to try this like I did, and you like the product now. I did. Now.
0: I did. So, I yes, did he, he's
2: the one that pushed. And also another thing is my young daughter. Um, I do have three sons, and my son was, like, lighter skin than my daughter, and a lot of people will comment, like, her skin color is darker, and people will be like, hey, you know, she's darker than your sons, and I don't want my daughter to feel like she needs to change her skin color. She's also obsessed with Elsa, and she always loves her hair and blue eyes and all of that, but I always tell her, you know, everybody is beautiful the way God created them, Mm And, and my husband um, said we need an option for her to love her brown skin and curly hair and just to grow in a world that she feels beautiful the way she is. So this is why we started with the Lenora Healing Clay. That's our first product. And then we started with that, and I put it on my skin, and there's a lot of people that bleach their skin, unfortunately, and that's one big thing that was going on within my community. Um, so we are promoting young girls to believe in their beauty, you know, and also making an income out of this.
0: What a lovely story that you were inspired to support the beauty of your child and to have her be able to embrace her beauty. Because we do have a lot of images. You were saying earlier, we're we're bombarded not only with who we think need to be wealthy or who are wealthy, uh, we get thrown at us what we think is beautiful. And if we don't match what the media says that we should look like. We question, um, so I'm, I'm endeared that this is a, a product of the heart that supports young women to feel beautiful and to celebrate their brown and black color uh, with grace and glory and excitement. Um, I have two beautiful women in the studio today that are glowing with <laughs> the Leonora <laughs> cosmetic products, and we have run over our first segment, but that's okay. We'll make it up in the next segment. Um, but I, I appreciate hearing you know not only how you created this but what were some of the original barriers which makes having you be successful uh, even more joyous so we'll be back uh, and we'll talk about what are some of the other challenges and what are some advantages in, um, in embracing who we are we'll be right back Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. Uh, And today we're very excited because the show is co produced with the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. That's the RISE nonprofit. And joining me as my co host today is Zainab Abdi. Zainab is the Civic Engagement Coordinator. And we've been um, celebrating an event coming up that we're encouraging folks to think about joining. Uh, the event is the uh, the Economic Empowerment Series. It's how to start a business for Muslim women. Uh, it goes from six to seven thirty p.m. It's on Zoom. It's online on June twenty third, and we've got a special guest, don't we?
1: Exactly. And today we have uh, we have Anisa Haji, the founder of Lenora Skincare, who's joining us in this conversation and will join us at our event.
0: You know, at, during the break, we had started to have a really good conversation. We learned in the last segment how um, Anissa really started this for her daughter and, and to celebrate her darker skin and that uh, we started talking about colorism and and how that impacts our sense of beauty, our sense of image. And I want to continue that conversation. Um, so, Zainab, tell me more about um, – how you would define colorism and how that impacts us.
1: So when I think about colorism, I think about how it started and how it's introduced. So colorism has been introduced via Western media during the colonization time and the emphasis of like if you're white colored uh, eye or have beautiful hair and all this thing, the beauty standard. And colorism, more, more of a European, exactly
0: white, Nordic. It sounds like as well. It needs to be blonde and blue eyes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> to, to, to meet. And does that get back to what we were talking about? Um, what was it that your daughter? What was her daughter? Your daughter's favorite? Uh, Elsa. Elsa, the blonde. Nordic. Yeah, and blue eyes.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Her, her skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, we see it. Also, it's not only been introduced to our parents; has been introduced to our grandparents, and on and on generation and generation. And we see we are trying this generation to kind of cut tie from that. Like we need to stop that colorism continuing and embracing our skincare, our skin color, and who we are. Because lightning skins has been something that we put a shame on ourselves that we we are not pleasing our community we are not pleasing men if we are dark skin and darkness has been used in a way of like humanizations and in a way of like dehumanizing people and sometimes being called names based on their skin color like for example i know growing up i have been called like um the blackbird uh mm-hmm. and like going from school and this and y- And when I was young, I had been trying to say, no, I'm not black, I am brown, or I am, look, this is the color of the black, and this and that, and I feel like um, we even have been running away from our skins to justify that, no, this is the color of black, this is the color of this. Because we don't want it to be in that category of blackness. Mm-hmm. and we run away from that blackness because we see it as bad, bad things because how society has been putting black skinned people in in a category. So
0: even in your community, if there are lighter skin, that is that has been ingrained through the media and through European influence that that is theoretically supposedly better so that if you have darker skin, you you are feeling less than. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Because like I came from a Somali and Yemeni family Mm -hmm. and we are so mixed. Some of my family members are like very light skin and like they have very brown eye that you could see in this and you could you think that they're more of Syrian and this and they're like my my first cousin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) While I be looked at more of like oh uh, are you like far relative or like how you know each other? I'm like we are from the same family and like Mm -hmm. And you see that colorism, and people try to define families as like, oh, those are the good-looking kids, and those mm-hmm. are the kind of like they look more Afro. They are from their mom's side, or all this thing. Mm-hmm. And at, growing up, those has been affecting me, but I never let those continue to. Then like, we see all those colorism and the skin like um, skin lighting products everywhere. I to never, actually
0: lighten your exactly. skin, exactly,
1: and I've seen many people, my neighbors, other f- mm-hmm. like friends, had been doing that to lighten their skin. So they've but been more. But that must feeling. not be
0: really good for your skin. Never. I mean, I can't imagine mm-hmm. bleaching skin is uh, exactly. is healthy. It,
1: exactly. Yeah. It's never healthy, and I never let that happen to me. And I'm like wondering with like with Anissa, how does like uh, Lenora challenge colorism and empower black and brown women to embrace their natural beauty? So we have a store in Nairobi, Kenya, and Kenya, especially
2: easily, the market, um, the most popular products are those bleaching creams. Owners of those stores... Create TikTok videos promoting those. So last week there was a video of a young woman. This man was mixing this things called Indian bride, yeah. um, a, a bleaching with a bleaching water, and he mixed it and he said he's gonna put it on her hand. And within fifteen minutes, the skin shade was lighter, way lighter. So from Zainab color to my color, mm. and. Literally, he said, within 15 minutes. So imagine if that cream stayed on her skin for two to three hours. Well, probably. The thing is, a lot of these women, um, they just see the shortcut that maybe looking lighter makes you beautiful more Mm -hmm. than the dark skin. Mm -hmm. And they they have this quote saying in Somali, means like women, um, like uh, the night and the stupid person is, is, is dark. (laughs) <laughs> Meaning, like, if you don't bleach your skin, you're stupid, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I, you know, I. I respond to those videos on TikTok. Um, I have a TikTok account, you. and I said, "Hey, don't do this." I advised them in Somali, telling them that these chemicals have mercury, and that if they are pregnant, it can damage their their child's you know uh-huh. development. Um, so if not o- not only damaging yes, themselves, yes, but if their they're baby. breastfeeding, that mercury can go into the baby and you know give them use some kind of disability. Mm-hmm. It can also lead to kidney damages. Um, oh it's one hundred percent if you. You Google this harmful effects of bleaching creams. All those will come up. It can actually cause skin cancer as well. But they don't see all of that. And they they replied to me in those TikTok videos, some women saying, hey, you know, This is lice. We've been using this for years, or, you know, or this is not true. And then their skin becomes, because the melanin is the one that makes you darker, Mm -hmm. it becomes so thin Mm -hmm. that you can see their blood veins through Uh their face. And and it's so thin that if they go outside in the sun, they will get sunburned right Mm -hmm. away and have, you know, pigmentation. And if they're cooking and they go near the hot stuff, it will also affect them. But they don't see all of that. They just see this, and I feel like. It's something, it's a, like a pandemic within our community, and Asians and, and, and Africans are the number one consumers of bleaching creams. They are manufactured in China. They are manufactured in USA. It's illegal, but still people find a way to bring it and sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is people that are working against that here, advocating against, you know, stopping this and making sure But we as a community, we all have to come together to fight it. So the shop owners shall not sell that. They shall give them an alternative, like, this natural clay, which our great-grandparents used it. This is a clay from Tana River. Um, the neem is from neem tree leaves, which is very good. When you put it on your skin, you get natural glow. It will cleanse it if you have acne, if you have pigmentation, acne scars, it clears all of that. So... People always often ask me, like, I look way younger than my age, and I have a clear skin, and they say, what do you do? I tell them, like Zainab said, I've never used any chemicals that will harm my body. But a lot of people, like she said, my neighbors, I see them today. They're darker tomorrow. They look so white. You would think they have, um, you know, white. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I tell them, just continue, you know. We all have to speak up and, and tell young girls they're beautiful the same way. And then this video that I replied, this woman said, Stop lying. I told women, because somebody say they will never get married to a dark skinned woman. Mm-hmm. So I say, There's hundreds of dark skinned women that are married.
0: Yes, and, and, beautiful, then, yes, and, and beautiful. Yes, unhappy. and they're beautiful and happy.
2: And this lady replied to me, stop lying. Nobody wants um, oh. black women because they're dirty. That's what they believe. So it's like Sainab said, it's back ter- to colonization. And, and this mentality that the European men that colonize us as Africans made us believe that our skin is ugly. Being dark and our hair is too thick and, you know, believing that our eyes. So it's all of that and and it's all over the world that we have to continue speaking up. And then having an alternative for women is something that inspired me, making sure. Because if I tell this young girl, stop putting these chemicals, she'll say, what shall I use to keep my beautiful skin glowing? Mm -hmm. Then I tell them, you have Leonora that you can use. And it's powder. You can trust it because it's powder. If it was mixed with something, then you Mm -hmm. would think it's probably something Mm -hmm. is added. So it's powder. You just take that clay, mix it, put it on your skin, exfoliate, remove all these toxins from the pollution because we live in this busy world and Mm -hmm. we always run in. So yes.
0: What I love is looking at beauty products that celebrate our beauty. But I think it starts with understanding that our inner beauty is important and that our color is something that we can be joyful about. Um, I, I think back, my, my grandmother actually um, got a master's in chemistry way back in the early 1900s, and her study was on corsets. And back then, the, the view of beauty was having a very tiny waist. So they had corsets that would push a woman's uh, waist so tight that it was actually breaking her, her ribs – And what women will do to, you know, follow this perceived, you know, generated uh, view of what beauty is was killing them. These corsets could basically, you know, go into your organs. But they did that because they thought that would be the only way to be pleasing, mm-hmm. and I think we, as women, were nurturers, and and there is a joy in pleasing. But we have to start with feeling good about who we are, mm-hmm. and and I love that your product celebrates um, the beauty and 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 the glow and the glory of black and brown women.
1: Thank you, and also like adding to this, men contribute a huge. Um, Like into this colorism because the Mm -hmm. way they body shame women, and especially Mm -hmm. black women, the way they look down about women. Uh, Malcolm X once said the most hated human in the United States is a black woman. And we have been seeing it from like the white community. We have been seeing it from the black community, especially black men, hating on women, putting them down and saying things of like, oh, you're you're black or you're this or you're a ghetto. We, We don't want you and this. That women have to change their identity to please yes. men, and I feel like men need to stop doing that.
0: well one thing is being economically successful mm-hmm. so that you can change some of the narrative because as a corporate uh, owner, you can start making an influence exactly. on um, on how people think. So I commend the economic series that you all are doing. I commend the work that you're doing. But we do have to go to break. So we will go to break and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the economic series and and how important business ownership is. And it may help not only your product, but being a business owner can help shape the future. So we'll be back in just a a little bit. Stay with us as we talk about um, this wonderful product, Leonora, and the businesswoman behind it. And the rise that supports it. You, you're you a shero. We'll talk about that. Thank you. to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And our show today is co-produced with our partners, the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, and that's the group RISE. Uh, They've got a great program coming up, Economic Empowerment Series, How to Start a Business for Muslim Women, and that goes from 6 to 7.30 on June 23rd. That's online. And my co-host today is Zainab Abdi. Zainab is the Civic Engagement Coordinator at RISE. Welcome, Zainab. So glad you're here today.
1: Thank you. And today we also have Anisa Haji, the founder of Delinora Skin Care.
0: We were having another good conversation during the break. Um, and we were continuing the conversation on colorism and how challenging that is and what a heartbreak it can be. And this is in modern times right now. This is, you know, during <laughs> in, uh, our time. This isn't uh, – we talked a little bit about corsets and that was like 100 years ago and the challenges of corsets. But skin colorization, having people bleach their skin, having a um, – having horrible attitudes um, and that – you were telling me about this one young woman who was ready to get married and her fiance had dark skin such as hers. But when she was brought to be introduced to the family, the family rejected her. Yes,
2: yes. Here in Minneapolis, and um, after a few weeks, I saw her lighter skin with acne, you know, like uh, breakouts, because those chemicals are very harmful to your skin. I didn't comment on anything, but I knew she was going through something. I asked her, when is the wedding? She said she called off the wedding. Um, and then after six months, um, she told me that she was really having bad acne, and she went to the doctor to try some medications like acne dermatologist, mm-hmm. and it didn't work for her. So I recommended knee mask together with the essential oil, and and she put it on, and her skin cleared. Um, I saw her again. Four months ago, and she, her skin was back to her normal color. So I'm, I'm happy that she went through that phase, just mm-hmm. to feel like you know, um, don't harm yourself for the sake of a man. And, and you're beautiful the same way you are, and, and your marriage or whatever that's written for you will come to you on time. You just have to be confident and mm-hmm. believe in yourself that you're beautiful, and no man shall pressure you to bleach or, like— Or, you know, family. Yeah, or also, family. Yeah, or even family or even society. Um, the right. same society is pressuring our young girls, even as young as five years, they're commenting about their skin color mm-hmm. and and saying, hey, you know, she's less prettier than the light skin, you know, and, and saying maybe— Oh, your daughter will probably bleach her skin because she will, you know. At least if you had a light skin daughter than than a dark skin daughter, something like that, which is very. It's gonna hearing the same thing throughout, and a lot of these young women share with me on my socials, especially Snapchat, that hey, I hated my skin throughout. Oh, thank you, Anissa, for speaking about this. Thank you for giving us an alternative, you know, and and stuff like that. Actually, inspires me to continue speaking up and become an advocate, and also continue selling an amazing product so that they have this alternative.
0: Well, I think it's wonderful that your daughter has darker skin because that was part of your inspiration. Yes, and it may continue to support many young women to feel good about who they yes. are and and love their beautiful dark skin, yes. and give it. A Glow, that, as I said, we uh, we were playing with some of her her cosmetics. The one that we were playing with this morning is the Leonora essential oil. It's a grapeseed oil. As soon as I put it on my hands, I went, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, you can just feel it go in. It's very uh, penetrating. And uh, Zainab's put it on her face, and she's still glowing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you know, it, it does come down to you know how to overcome some of those barriers. Um, not only in your self-image uh, but the confidence that it takes to become a business owner. Um, and, and I know that the program that you all are doing with economic empowerment is really to encourage more women to take that step, um, that you have to believe in yourself just like you believe in your beauty. You have to believe in yourself in order to take that next step to be a business owner. Um Tell me about what that that means to you as part of the civic engagement coordinator and what you feel is important in terms of business ownership.
1: Yeah. So empowering Muslim women is one of our mission. And these economic series, we really wanted to also empower, empower them economically. And also introducing them to that they don't need to adapt to new economic terms because they already had it in generation and generation. When we think about entrepreneurship and we think about investment, our ancestry had it. So, for example, one, one of the examples I have about um, investment and central bank is uh, there is a term that's called in Somali ayuta and also in – Ayuta? Arab- ayuta, yeah. Ayuta? And in Arabic, it's called hakba. So it's basically a term of like when a group of uh, members of the community, let's say ten women, come together, and it's always it's always led by women. That's good, the good, beautiful I like that. thing about I like it. This. They came together and they all decide to collect, let's say, one hundred dollars a month. And we have ten women collecting one hundred dollars a month. That's a thousand. Mm-hmm. And then they decided who's the one who needs that thousand this month. Who either for their um, small business or it's uh, for their paying for their loans or being something or they need for urgent hospital, all the things.
0: So they were investors.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and then they, the next month, someone takes that into like everyone be able to take the 1,000. So 1,000 is kind of an example of small, people go high, people mm-hmm. go low. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like the trust built in within the community of like business, it's not about like. My wealth, myself, my people. Us it's about them. Us. It's all about us, with us, and it's not. It shouldn't be against anyone. And I feel like that's the beautiful. Like we had it for a generation. We saw people helping each other with like uh, no interest um, loans, and mm-hmm. we see like community members when one person their house is burned, everyone collects money and helping. So all those business and like investment term and entrepreneurship is already being built in our community we just need to embrace that and when we think about like today's um like society of like how you build that business we all all of us have our unique skills. Like, Anisa had the story of, like, why she's doing this product, the skincare, and she have, a, a, like, a reason behind it, and that's her passion and her skills. You need to find your skill. I'm good at cooking. I love cooking. I know a lot of foods and culture, and one day I want to open my small food cart, and like... Going around in the city and selling those foods that I always do. Like I always cook for my friends and family. So like find the passion in your, within you. And it's always hard. You need to be patient. You need to invest. You need to learn so you could get into that high peak.
0: It's interesting because we were just talking earlier um, that sometimes things that you do well, you know, you can do well and you get hired for that, but they're not your passion. You were talking earlier about how you've got this great sales ability and everyone assumed that you'd go into a corporate sales job. But was that really your passion? I mean is your passion to, to help your daughter feel good about who she is and celebrate that? I mean that's a passion. That's something that, that you can wake <laughs> up every morning and be excited about. And helping women to get in touch with that, I think that is um, a real joy. And I can see it in both your faces that you're excited about that. Um, so, in looking at this with entrepreneurship, um, you know, looking at the community based and creating that cooperative, that's shown up in banking and investing and philanthropy. Um, and lots of products are out there that people want to purchase, right? Exactly. And I would,
1: like, I would like to know more also from Anissa, like, how, did you, how do you go about starting your business, your own business, and how you expand on that? Because I feel like me talking about all those amazing history, who we are, how we did the business is great, but people want to learn more about, like, your business, how you started it, and all those uh, tips that you could give for our audience.
2: So um, we started Leonora together with my husband. A lot of people call me the founder because I'm the salesperson, and and I'm the woman, of course. But um, he's the one that does all the behind, you know, the labels. He does, um, you know, uh, order the containers, mix the products, especially for the hair oil. And he's the one that came up with the original ingredients for all our healing masks. Um, So, yes, um, he started... He started the business with me, and we've been working together as partner for the last four years, but we took off technically the last two years. Um, we started with one product, the healing clay mask, and now we have close to, I think, 40 products on our wow. website. Um, this hijab, I'm wearing it. We sell it on our website. Um, we made abayas for Eid. Um, this Eid came in, and we have dresses that are coming, especially the new designs, the sateen dresses. So um, this is what we do. Whatever profit we get from the business, we don't pay ourselves. We reinvested into it since we we didn't have – because we, we can't go to the bank to get money because of the interest. So we started our own savings with the business, and we expanded through its profit from the sales.
0: And if people uh, want to buy a product?
2: Yes, they go to our website. It's on that card, Leonora.com, L e o n. U-R-A dot com Um, so that's where they can order it and we deliver it Um, if you order like this too alone it's free shipping we pay for it as a complimentary Um, we ship it to all 50 states We, we ship it to international countries like Canada, Europe um, except Sweden because their customs is a lot of pain <laughs> um, we have the products in Kenya where we have a store in Slee and every day we meet up with a young woman that comes so about people starting their own business I tell them not everybody is supposed to be entrepreneur. If you love what you do, like Laurie said, continue making that your passion. But if you want to go in a different direction, like if you want to have your own business, like Zainab said, find it your passion. Because don't do a business because somebody else is doing it. Do it because you love it. If it's cooking, that's amazing. People love food. If you open your own restaurant, you will get a lot of customers because it's authentic food. And, you know, because of your background and and. So find that passion, be patient, it's not about the money, eventually the money will come. All you have to do is focus that you continue providing the best service, being patient, the customer is always right. Um, If, like, the orders, they they receive orders and they they didn't get it on time, we always say sorry because of COVID now the post.
0: And And people will be patient. And it is about the community. I love the story that you shared about, you know, 10 women coming together. And it's really about how does community help each other. I also love a quote that I have from you that it requires patience, persistence, and passion. And with that, we're running over again. So (laughs) I'm going to have us go to break. And when we come back, we'll talk about uh, the program coming up and a little bit more about all the speakers and uh, finding that intersection between passions and our skills. We'll be right back. Stay with us for our last segment coming up in just a moment. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And our show today is co-produced with our partners, the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. That's the group RISE. And joining me as my co-host today is Zainab Abdi. We're so glad you're here, Zainab. You've been wonderful in sharing with us about the program RISE does and bringing a guest. Uh, Zainab is also the Civic Engagement Coordinator at RISE.
1: Exactly. You've got a
0: great program coming up, too.
1: Yep. We have our program on June 23rd from 6 to 7.30 p.m. It's about economic empowerment for Muslim women, how to start a business. And one of our amazing speakers is Anisa Haji, who is the founder of Leonora Kiskinker.
0: Welcome. We're so glad you're here. And as I said at the beginning of the show, we, we played with um, one of her essential oils, and we're all still glowing. <laughs> and Leonora does mean glow today, right? Yes. Our, our today's glow. Um, and we've also talked about the deeper beauty um, and celebrating the deeper beauty within. And part of the deeper beauty within is seeing ourselves as sheroes and not only embracing our beauty but embracing our courage to go out and start a business. And what does that look like? And how can businesses get started? Your seminar sounds wonderful. Um, If women want to join, Muslim women especially want to join the series, they can go to uh, revivingsisterhood.org. Exactly. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if women want to try your product, tell us a little bit more about how to get uh, your product. So
2: you can order online on our website, Leonora.com. It's L-E-O-N-O. U-R-A dot C-O-M dot com. So if you go there, you go to shop, and then you will see all the products that we have the collection. So we have the healing masks on one section. You see all of them together. We actually have a collection where you get all three healing masks, this essential oil, a brush set to mix with, and then put it on with the application. And then we do have everything in there. so.
0: And you, you've also added a, a line of hijabs?
2: Yes. So the hijab I'm wearing now, it's sateen. We have the hijabs. You'll see that. And our buyers, and then we bring in more dresses, like the sateen long dress, modest one, you know, with long sleeves. Um, so, yes, you can order all of those on our website. And most of the products, if you buy one or two, we do free deliveries. But when it's a lot, it's like $4.90 mm-hmm. delivery within all the United States. We ship it to all 50 states.
0: And you'll be talking about how to start a business.
2: So, um, yes, for the economic um, empowerment. Yes.
0: And there is someone else that's joining, that will be sharing about the business too, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So in our series, we have, like, we expecting to have other speakers, including Annie Kaiser from the Silk Road Wellness, who also is a hero. And this will be amazing of having different perspective of, like, how to do business and different business and diversity within the
0: business sector. And what's wonderful is you're really encouraging women to be financially successful. And why is that so important to you?
1: It's very important because we live in an era where men are in the dominant society and we need to shift that narrative. We need to have women lead, women of color, Muslim women of color lead in this business because they are the ones who always bring it back to their community. They bring it back to their daughters, to their family, to their neighbors, to their community in a term of either building their community or giving back um, by money or, like, education and all this thing. So that's why it's very important. We need people to put their passion and the skills in a play, in a way of bringing back um, to others and build that economic wealth for themselves and their family and people around them. And always women, when women get to a place or to business, they don't come alone. They bring everyone with them. They bring their family, their neighbors, everyone with them in this success, and that's why we need to empower that. And and Anissa, you're one of the amazing examples of that, and I would love to know your perspective. Why should Muslim women care about financial literacy and wealth building? So like you said, women are um, the
2: ones that are, you know, they are the ones that are raising the next generation of our world. And I feel like them having a source of income, like you said, they are, like, the most largest contribution when it comes to building a mask, when it comes to taking care of families back home in Africa. They always donate those money. They're the ones that are bringing other women on the table. And they're the ones that are, um, what do you call, when if a woman has money, she gives it to all her family. unlike. You know, the man, maybe he only spends it on his wife you know, or on himself. So because of that generosity and all this, you know, women being the backbone of our society, we need women to work and, and make money and have businesses so that they can take care of
0: the world. Well, I've got two big lessons that came out of it today. One is women build community and they support community and they support uh, women being economically successful and follow your passion. Start small, do it right. And that's a good lesson for all of us. Thank you for being with us today. And thank you so much to Rise for being our our co-producers and partners with this wonderful series. Thank you so much. And thank you for being with us.